Hello, my name is Carrie Chan, the founder and CEO of Avant. I beat the often path by producing fish using cell technology um, without the need to catch, raise, or slaughter fish. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. Joining me today is Carrie Chan, the co-founder and CEO of Avant Meats, the first cultivated fish company in Asia. So what is cultivated fish? Well, if you assume that it meant fish that's refined and well-educated, well, you are wrong. But hey, that's what I thought too. Instead, it actually means that they're able to create real fish using the cells in a process that's not dissimilar to brewing beer. They can take the fish cells and multiply them in a controlled environment, bringing you real fish without the animal killings, without those yummy microplastic seasonings that we all love so much, and without toxic heavy metals like that mercury that gives fish its healthy, wholesome taste. Carrie has raised over $13 million for her company so far, and in my opinion, it's the future of both fish and meat. So here's Carrie Chan of Avant Meats. Well, that's a great intro, but I have to ask you, what do these people have in common? Okay, Tony Robbins, Janelle Monet, Jeremy Piven, Victoria Beckham. What do all of these people have in common? What all of these people have in common? Um, they are the people that they are, they have done uh, something very uh, interesting that a lot of, quite a lot of people know them. That's true. They're celebrities. They're people that we should all look up to. And each one of them has suffered from mercury poisoning in their life from eating wow. a lot of fish. So I worship celebrity culture. I aspire to be a celebrity. So it's my goal in life to get mercury poisoning. So how can your product help me get mercury poisoning? <laughs> well, our product will help you not to get mercury poisoning. Well, mercury poisoning to begin with is because our ocean is actually very polluted. You know, ever since Industrial Revolution, it has been a very convenient kind of location where we dump a lot of the industrial waste and things like that. As if we know that people don't know, but then actually end up, we are also catching fish from the ocean and cumulatively. So mercury is something that accumulate into the the food system, you know, the, the food chain in the ocean. And then when we catch a fish, we actually expose ourselves to a lot of this consumption. And if we eat, if we eat too much, of course, then we'll get, you know, the poisoning. And our solution, uh, we, so we pluck the cells from a fish and then, uh, it need to go for a very rigorous kind of, uh, you know, investigation and review and checking that it is not contaminated with virus and things like that. So once that is established, we, we let them actually do continue to do the cell kind of thing. You know, in, inside our animal bodies, uh, the cells, they actually um, have a cell-regenerative kind of like behavior and property. So given the right condition, temperature, nutrient, and things like that, uh, one cells can continue to split into two, two split to four, four split to eight, and then that's how we build our muscles and how our wounds are healed. And so we use this property to take it, you know, outside of, you know, the animal bodies and let it happen in a very, very controlled environment. So, so the cells actually need to be fed the nutrient, um, like glucose, amino acid, vitamin, things like that. Very pure form. We dissolve that into purified water and feed it to the cell, keeping the right temperature in an equipment we call, we call bioreactor. And 
it is such it is a is a is a self culture kind of uh, environment that is so uh, it's actually very demanding. Any any drop of kind of like contaminants, you know, bacterias or mold into that process, the process will stop. Basically, the cell will stop multiplying. They will they will, they will die. So in a way that is this method actually um, screen off a lot of these impurities that we may find in conventional way of procuring our food. So now a long answer to the question is that that means that you know in this process we won't have. Uh, microplastic, we won't have heavy metals, we won't have kind of virus that get into this production of our seafood. Well, but that that ruins the whole point because the whole reason that we eat How fish do we get that? is for poison, toxicity, <laughs> microplastics. I mean, that's why I eat fish. It's cool. It's cool to get mercury poisoning, especially if you become a pescatarian. So, so already I'm not convinced by your product because right. it's healthier for me. <laughs> I don't believe it. And uh, what about this animal cruelty thing? Who cares, right? Who cares? Animals exist just for our benefits. That's end of story. So I, I don't get the point, honestly. Yeah, on that, that's a that's a that's great point as well, right? We I I don't know there we um think about it. Actually, fish is the only kind of animal we still rely on catching from the wild we cannot imagine doing this with to get our chicken right pork or beef but then for fish it seems like the ocean have it seems to have an infinite kind of supply and it's out there it's free as long as you have a boat or you have any kind of fishing gear you can actually catch the fish and so that is, you know, we have been catching and emptying our ocean, you know, trillions of fish every year, basically countless. Uh, we also farm fish uh, in fish farm, um, also trillions of fish. And it's basically the same kind of horrible stories of squeezing as much of as many animal number of individuals in a small space so that we can maximize, you know, our productivity. Uh, so if we care about animal welfare, like a uh, pigs on chicken in cage farm, um, you know things like that. Uh, it's actually the same thing happening um, in the uh, in a certain way, and also in the in that area. But I think where we're focusing on uh, is is definitely the overfishing kind of uh, challenge because um, we see the uh, harvest from the ocean already plateaued. So the technology of fishery actually increased in the past, um, you know, half a century. But then we find that now we see that the track is that even though with more advancement of the technology and vessels and gear, we are not driving more harvest from the ocean, which means that we already uh, reached a tipping point. Um, you know, the, the, the way we're catching fish, they cannot re replenish. So I think uh, we heard about, you know, scientists predicting if we do nothing to improve, then we, we may run out of the fishless kind of scenario in part of, part of the planet at least. Uh, around 2050. 2050. Okay, so we have a little bit of time. <laughs> Sorry, I think I had something lodged in my throat. I, I don't know what happened there. A little bit of time. But, you know, my motto is if we do nothing, everything will be just fine. That's what I believe. I believe we should just keep doing what we've always been doing. I look at what cave people did 100,000 years ago. I idealize that, catching fish with a spear. We don't need to change anything. We just crossed 8 billion people. We don't need to do anything differently, right? Because everything is always just going to be fine. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, to, to get into that, you know, uh, even in the, um, in the more traditional, uh, fish farming kind of, uh, setup operation, indeed, uh, unless they are land based, right? There are different kind of, um, setting up for aquaculture. Some of them are land based, some of them actually near water, rivers and seas and things like that. Indeed, the business operation are getting more challenging because of the climate change, because of the fluctuation in the, you know, the water temperature. We know that part of the ocean is heating up, you know, acidity also going up. So it's actually impacting even we thought that, you know, those more more robust way of, you know, creating food is actually uh, being under threat because of the climate change. Uh, so indeed, we are kind of like a, we need to do a lot of things. Uh, we are one of the solutions to contribute to the planet. And so uh, running out of time. Yeah, indeed. Running out of time. Yeah. Well, how did you personally get involved in this? How did you figure out that this was the mission that you wanted to be a part of? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I I am I I'm not trained as a scientist. So one of uh, like there are two co-founders in the company. I am the business and the commercial side, and then the other co-founder he is a scientist. So we basically you know take care of about different aspects of innovation, product innovation, and the science about that. Um, so that that's the reason I am I was not even in the food industry. Uh, I was actually from the property development, like real estate really? uh, industry. Okay. I, I'm trained as an architect. Really? And, but then, yeah. So, uh, but then there's a lot of actually uh, common ground when it comes to doing business and business innovation and as an architect, because uh, that training is super helpful, a lot of transferable skills uh, in terms of creativity, in terms of, you know, putting a lot of challenging and even conflicting uh, parameters onto the onto the table and then creating a solution or scheme or product uh, or design to actually cater for all of them and actually that that need to make sense. So, um, so, I, I have been working in uh, as a profession in, in that in that space for a couple of decades. Um, I did my MBA, uh, uh, you know, in the middle of that, and then uh, from that, I actually pick up some of the entrepreneurial kind of bugs. I have been mm. thinking about okay, what what might be the thing that I might business I might start one day, and then uh, a lot of you know several ideas. Uh, took place I started you know some ideas with my MBA classmates and things like that and then I thought some of these ideas just is just making rich people richer <laughs> and for example some real estate investment kind of platform and stuff yeah. like that right and then it's not contributing things and fortunately uh, there are also multiple reasons that some of these ideas we I kill them or you know we figured that you know the the co-founding team seems to be not working. I, you know, uh, say quit a bit early on. And then I've been looking for different ideas that it might be worth me to 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 invest my time and, you know, energy and, and yeah, things and things like that into that. And 2008, uh, I think 2014, uh, incidentally, I turned, uh, I started looking into vegetarianism. Like I skipped meat for one one evening, I decided, okay, I have too much of the meat the week before. Let me, you know, not eat meat for that day. And I feel very good about it. And then I and then went ahead to read a lot more about, you know, you know, meat, how that impact our planet kind of resources and, and things like that. And then I, I did, I couldn't find any reason to continue consuming meat. And then um, together with my partner, we decided that he has been 
you know, also not eating meat for decades. And then together we organized quite a lot of meetup. We thought that we need to uh, spread that idea of promoting that alternative diet, alternative lifestyle. We organized over 300 meetups, um, uh, basically on average about one once per week and bringing people to explore different kind of very tasty foods that is made without using meat product. However, uh, something very ironical happened is that uh, I have two good friends. One is uh, called Lisa and she's living in, she lives in Hong Kong and I have a good friend called Phyllis uh, live in Singapore. Uh, we kind of bring them, okay, come here together. I'm organizing a meetup, let's meet. Uh, there was like 20, 30 people joining that. And then they be they met and they became friends. And then the next time that I heard that Phyllis is coming in town, she told me that she's actually meeting up with Lisa. And guess what, what they do? Uh, they actually decided to check out a new steakhouse in town. So I was, what? You know, I was uh, kind of, Disappointing, disappointed, but then I get to know it is not that easy to just ask people to change their behavior, diet and habit just like that, right? So it's a people different arriving at that, you know, different timing. Some people would never even consider that. So I reckon that we do need a, an, another way to, to make meat that is less, um, less harmful to a planet. So I think about it as more like a you know, we have a first, very first traditional historical way of getting our meat by hunting down animals. And then we have a more improved kind of way to uh, farming animals. I think why not the third kind of method to produce meat in alternative way? At that time, 2018, uh, there had been like a handful of companies around the world, about 20. Most of them actually in the in the West, like in the US, uh, in Europe and in Israel. And then there were very few, like one or two happening in steel mode in, in Asia. And the market is huge. There are a lot of you know, meat consumption here. And I reckon that there's not enough kind of uh, customized solution because food is a very culturally uh, related thing. So uh, not a lot of solutions that is catering for this market. So I thought, okay, I it, it happens to me that I stumble across this very interesting um, time space whereby we have some technology, uh, concept already proven, um, you know, no solution is kind of targeting the Asia, focusing on the target of the, you know, Asia kind of, um, uh, you know, consumers. And then, you know, there's a lot of space for us to innovate at that time. So I decided to quit my corporate job uh, end of 2018. And then I wow. set off uh, on the roadmap, uh, on the road trip, sorry, uh, to find the co-founder and the laboratory to start work. There was like, no. Not even there when I quit my job. Uh, so I has been very grateful for this journey to find an amazing co-founder and also establish our lab. And then now we already have an operation across two locations in Singapore and Hong Kong. That's so cool. But you're missing one very important thing. You said you couldn't find a reason to keep eating meat. But I'm a man, and how can I be a real man if I don't kill animals, at, if I don't hunt? And, ugh, you know, Joe Rogan is telling me these say I have to hunt and kill an animal or I'm not a real man. So, you know, I have to do that. I'm required legally to, to kill things to be a man. So what am I supposed to do there? Well, you can think about it like in a many different area right because i think um in a in in this kind of planetary challenge there are a lot of things that 
people can take leadership, people can demonstrate that they they are, you know, without uh, being told to do so, you know, um, we, we are using, you know, this solution actually offer uh, some method to address certain kind of like UN SDG goal, for example, uh, more responsible consumption, um, because we only consume, we create only the part of the fish that we ate. So we do not produce, you know, the head or tail, you know, the bones. And then, uh, so we only produce a part we, we eat, we consume, uh, reducing on the waste. Uh, we, we also check the box of, you know, life underwater. And obviously, we, because we're talking about fish. Um, and then we also, um, uh, you know, indirectly helping with the zero hunger, because I think um, at the moment, uh, it's not that the planet does not have enough natural resources to go about for everyone. It's actually the wasteful and also not effective way of using the resources, either in production or distribution of the food. Uh, you know, globally that, you know, that happened, that we have, we still have famine, we still have people suffering from hunger in parts of the world. And I think that, you know, Obviously, people can step up to the play and actually contribute a part, um, adopting different kind of lifestyle and adopting different way of you know producing meat. Um, yeah. So it won't help me, but no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I think it's great. So your transition is awesome. It represents a few things that we've covered. You've transitioned from the corporate world to entrepreneurship. You've transitioned from eating meat to eating less meat. You've considered going on the road and finding a co-founder, and you've figured out how to make this. And I personally think this is one of the most interesting frontiers right now because one thing that we noticed, like you said, you can't get people to switch overnight. You can't get people to stop eating meat. Unfortunately, it's just impossible. It's one of the most emotional things ever. But I do often wonder whether or not the cultured meat or the creation of meat, quote unquote meat, from the methods like you're doing isn't something that is new that's kind of halfway between both worlds. I can't convince somebody to stop eating meat, but maybe it's easier to get people to eat cultured meat or meat that's been grown as opposed to being caught in the wild or killed uh, for all of the various reasons. So I think it's a very, very cool thing. Uh, you mentioned on your website that the process is something like fermentation. How do you give the nutrients why is fermentation this new source of doing everything all of a sudden? Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that the biotechnology has been developing um, in various fields, primarily in pharmaceutical, uh, medicinal, you know, the production of uh, drugs and vaccines and things like that. And it is, it is more like a trend of how we adopt some more sophisticated and how, speci how high specification kind of technology and solution and adopt it to more general and daily and, and daily use. Um, so uh, if we think about food, um, I mean, you know, bioprocesses, um, it sounds like very high-end or sophisticated and complex, but actually we have been using bioprocesses to produce um you know, things we like to drink such as beer and, you know, healthy food like yogurt. So uh, Do I have to just kill to... things to, to make beer? Do I have to kill animals to make beer? Uh, no. So uh, it does not uh, check the box. Yeah, yeah. Then I got to stop drinking beer. <laughs> Dang it. Right. I hope more yeah. men find out about that. They'll be very right. disappointed to learn. Right. <sighs> yeah. So the thimality is that we start with a kind of a seed, right? So the the idea is that for 
for, for yogurt, you know, the good bacteria that we need to have more in our guts is actually starting with a small population of them. And then we, we know how, what environment they like. And then we feed them the, you know, the, the, the lactose and things like that. And then we keep them in the environment. So the same workflow as what we are doing with meat now. So the only thing is that the, it's not, um, the bacteria, but it is the cells. And then the, the food we feed to them is not lactose and not sugary stuff well a little bit kind of sugary because of the glucose and things like that and then you know the fermentation or the thing happening in the basically a very big pot where we keep the temperature right we keep stirring the stuff and then we get our output which is you know in this case it's a meat um yeah the the the, the cells that is muscle cells or the fat cell you know uh things like that that we put everything together to form the meat product how cool is that that's such an awesome thing. And the patty, it looks kind of like, the, in your demonstration video, it looks like something they would sell, like a filet of fish I guess. A very nice sandwich. It looks very appetizing to me. Um, can we do this with any type of cell? Can I replicate any fish? Can I do shark fin soup made from not real shark fins? Yeah, so the technology can uh, apply to most part of the animal kingdom. I think more some of the animals are more more well researched in terms of the cellular behavior, like mammalians, because a lot of medical research about human beings, um, you know, avian and you know and, and and things like that. Fish is actually um, we focus on very much on fish. So if you tell me, okay, you want to produce a you know a certain species of fish using this method, you can tell us. Uh, the only thing we need to is actually get a um, the cells from the fish um, relatively fresh, and then over a period of about four to six months, we can already develop what we call a the seed or the cell line. Um, you know, the starting kind of population that is stabilized. We can use that to start our production without the need to go back to 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 work with a fish or, or catch a fish. So uh, indeed, it can work on any kind of fish. Um, some species, some sea creatures are less researched, so some of them are still more exploratory. We actually have uh, some species beyond the fish that we are working on with some initial success. Hopefully, we can tell a little bit more about those products down the line. Really cool. Do you think we could have sushi that's made entirely from this way at some point? Yeah, de definitely, definitely. However, I want to put some caveat on that is that this technology is very good in making the same kind of cells. And so if you, in, if you visualize, you know, in the traditional way of producing a fish or producing kind of food from, um, you know, a conventional animal, um, we need to cut them up. You know, if you make bone broth or something like that out of something, you, you need to have a lot of cutting, you know, chopping and boiling down and cooking in order to get the essence out of that. Using this technology, actually, our starting point is the, the other end of the whole process. We start with something kind of like a, you, you know, you only can see them under microscope like cells. And then we need to build the cells up using different tissue engineering technology, and method in order to make it more a uh, bigger piece of you know you know tissue and bigger piece of structure product we call them, and so there is um, uh, as we go up that that you know that 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 dimension is actually a little bit more uh, demanding a lot more technology development. So the first generation of product that we see in the market will very popular 
very likely be hybrid product. As we see them now, so there's a combination of the muscle cells that we produce using the, this method. And then that is combined with some plant material, basically to make it easier to form some shapes sure. and nugget and patty so that we can cope with them. And then I think um, the, te- the, the technology space will need a bit more time to develop more sophisticated solution. I usually compare that with mobile phones uh, in that industry. Uh, I don't know whether you remember or you're too young to know the first mobile oh, I phone. Remember. In the- <laughs> I remember. Yeah, so um, it was it was bulky. It was uh, simple. You you only have some buttons, right? The the only thing that you know uh, is also very expensive, and people question about okay, do you have infrastructure? Do you have the satellite setup? You know the signal setup for everyone. Is it actually you know you know affordable to the general public? And but then it is the very fundamental kind of first kind of generation of success that you know from that time. You can call someone using your phone uh, far away without attaching to a, ta- a cable attaching to the wall, and I think in this case it's similar. We're this this industry is actually in the very early kind of stage. It's less than ten years old uh, actually. Uh, to be honest, the earliest company actually exists in around two thousand and thirteen. Around that time, before that is like. Uh, you know, institutional research and some of the um, presiding kind of like understanding of this technology. But really, the, the technology space ecosystem started only 2013, uh, about Dang. 10 years old. Yeah. And then so we have the first generation product, which is just we can produce meat without animal. And then um, like the mobile phone and the smartphone we see now, it can do so much thing uh, with that you know, gadget and, you know, everyone can afford to do that. I think given some time, we can also be making, you know, as you said, you know, very complex kind of product, wagui, you know, uh, sushi and many things. And so indeed the first product will be a little bit kind of simple and basic, but bear with us. Okay. So what about fugu? Do you know what fugu is? That Japanese puffer fish? Ah, yeah, can can work so, on that and without the potentially without the poison. Without the neuro, but that's see, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the thing is that we're missing. I need the neurotoxins <laughs> to feel alive. I need each bite that I eat of fish to be a life or death experience. I need to feel that rush of adrenaline. If you take out <laughs> right. all of the toxicity, what's the point? It's not fun anymore. Right, you bring up a very healthy. You bring a very good point. Is that where the similar allergens that we find in conventional fish or seafood are still there? It will be uh, it will be kind of uh, vary from species to species. In particular, where that kind of potential kind of allergen coming from? Is it on the from the cells of the fish, or is actually from other kind of bioprocesses happening within the animal? So it will be subject to different species you know, case by case um, basis. Yeah. So you can actually selectively figure out what allergens that people might have and then breed them out. I don't know how to say it, but you can. (laughs) (laughs) We do need to do, for example, like the the food safety uh, requirement is very stringent. It's very high, you know, from the from the beginning, how we actually for example, the identity, where we get the fish from, like the initial fish that we pluck the cell from, it needs to be all traceable. Um, you know, the what medium, we, what food we feed to the cell in the process and how the cell kind of look like in the, in the process and how do they grow, uh, the growth rate, everything. We need to actually turn in those data to the uh, regulators. And including one of the things which we need to check the box is actually what are the 
you know, potential allergens that need to go into the food labeling. So if we do detect similar kind of allergen in our, uh, uh, you know, the, the resulting cells, we need to kind of declare that. And I, I, uh, I do reckon that some of them might still be there. For example, some, uh, some, uh, some people are allergic to some fish. Actually, there are some people allergic to fish or some shellfish. Uh, we need to declare that in, in the, in the labeling. So, uh, so be sure that it is definitely, uh, very safe and very ch- kind of transparent when it comes to, uh, food, uh, in the consumer's hand. That sounds incredible. So have you tasted, you've obviously tasted this. What is your honest opinion of what it tastes like? What does it taste like to you? Well, it actually tastes very much like the, uh, the, 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 the seafood, right? For example, we have two products. We have a uh, fish fillet. Um, we have also something very Asian, kind of a specific ingredient called fish maw that is the swim bladder of some fish species. Uh, we've done multiple tasting. I tasted the, um, I tasted the cells and tasted the inter- intermediate products. Um, yeah, they, they actually carry the flavor of the, um, of what is supposed to be from the, from the animal proteins, from the conven- same as in the conventional version. So if I gave you two fish sandwiches, would you be able to tell the difference if they were shaped the same way? Ah, right. So question, I think the flavor uh, and the nutritional profile actually uh, is actually the strength of this technology as of today. One of the uh, things that we, you know, still a kind of uh, weakness and still need to be improved is really the detection, the mouthfeel. So uh, I think including us, including um, our peers in this space, we are finding a way to actually um, to improve that part and using different approaches, um, using plant-based material and using technology to encourage, you know, the, the tissue of this, uh, like the, the tissue engineering technology to make it more and more like a to, similar to the conventional thing. So I think that in a very good um, solution, a good product, I think they will be 90% similar. And uh, of course, product under development, you will you will still think, it will be more on the mouthfeel and the texture that is, um, you know, under development. Uh, the flavor is actually the strength and the nutrition is the strength of this technology. So maybe you will still detect kind of a little bit different at this point of time. Uh, but we actually have conducted one, uh, uh, you know, public, small-scale public tasting in Singapore uh, with our one of the product called Fish More. And then uh, we got feedback. They said that, okay, it's actually close enough to the, to the conventional thing. They really like it. And then they see that, okay, we can actually imagine having it in hot pot and, you know, those kind of like dishes that we like. That's so cool. How awesome is that? And of course, like you said, for the doubters and the naysayers out there, this is just the beginning stages. If that's where we're at today, in 10 years, things will be way better. Do you think it's kind of like, if I eat an apple, most of the actual varieties of apples are inedible. They taste bad. They're sour. So we have selectively bred the best apples. And then most of the apples that we eat are just clones of the same apple. If you eat a red, a Golden Delicious or anything like that. Is this kind of the same where we can seek out the best possible tasting cells? Because once we have the starter batch, we'll just keep replicating that. Do you think that there's an opportunity to find the literal best tasting fish in the entire world and only <laughs> breed that, only make those cells? Yeah, yeah, that is actually possible. So to to tell a little bit about the you know the 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 cell culture, you know that part, right? Um, inside of animal bodies, of course, you know. Uh, different cell type actually coexist. They co 
grow together, like muscle cells, connective tissue cells, you know, fat cells and things like that, you know, they just grow at the same time. But however, when we produce them, actually, they uh, at this point of time, this technology, uh, they actually, you know, grow in a separately. So we grow muscle cells, we grow fat cell, we grow connective tissue, kind of in different kind of container because the, you know, the nutrition, uh, the feeding regime to them is actually kind of different. We, we want to optimize them because of that. So ultimately what we can do is that, okay, um, some of the fish or some of the chicken, uh, we find that they are very dry because it's not, you know, good balance of fat and, you know, um, you know, connective tissue in that. So I think uh, one very interesting uh, uh, option we have actually is that we can fine tune the, we can customize the nutritional profile. For example, in fish, we can actually decide on the proportion of the, the ratio of the muscles versus the ratio of the fat uh, versus the ratio of the even, the, the, the connective tissue that we call, uh, what the, where the, uh, the, the kind of cells that produce collagen. So in a way that we can, okay, for some of the product, we want to boost the, uh, you know, the, the collagen content or one we would like to be having more, you know, lipid uh, from fish. We can actually adjust it on the product level using this uh, new way. But, you know, in the conventional fish, we cannot because the way how the fishes grow, it will be a certain proportion in terms of nutritional profile. That's just awesome. Super awesome. All right. So you're a few years into this venture. You set out, you found a co-founder, you've done all of these things. You've raised over $10 million in funding, I think, 13, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. How do you feel now on the other side of this decision to leave the corporate world, to leave your architecture, all of those ideas? Do you feel somehow different now? Yeah, I think um, I find I am very feel very different um well in multiple ways so previously i am i was an employee right so uh very easy to take things for granted you know company culture you know you know paycheck every month and things like that right as a, as a startup you know co-founder me my co-founders like there are a lot of things that we need to think about or worry about you know oh how we grow the team how we hire people and then you know um you know how we you know what is the what is the time that how do we time ourselves to do fundraising? What is the capital requirement for that? And a lot of things that wouldn't, you know, we know that, you know, as an employee, everyone can talk about it. Everyone know what are the challenge and, you know, uh, things, you know, in, in the, uh, on the play of the, co you know, uh, startup founders, but only when you're in the, in the front seat, then you will feel it like day in and day out. So this is, but on the other hand, uh, I find a very, uh, sense of achievement. In uh, indeed, I find that uh, I I am the kind of person that you know I would feel bored. You know, uh, working on the same kind of task, same kind of project. Um, you know, you know, forever. And then here we actually have. A, I I find that I have a lot of uh, space. You know, intellectually an opportunity. For example, just today, this afternoon, we have a call. We talk about a new business kind of product idea and using the underlying technology to come up with new kind of solutions and product that can benefit, um, you know, people and that can, we can also monetize uh, that. So I think there's a lot of 
a lot of space for us to go outside of the box, to go um, start thinking a lot of different things, um, you know, uh, and I find a lot of si- sense of satisfaction uh, coming from that. Of course, there are a lot of challenges day in, day out, you know, a lot of things that, oh, okay, I wish that, you know, someone can help me as a startup founder, but then, okay, I, I need to, I need to handle that um, myself because other otherwise no one will take care of that. And, and unless we have, a, you know, a, a, a team of like a thousand people, right? We only have about, uh, 20-ish people, so a lot of the, uh, you know, daily grants, I still need to take care of them. At the same time, I need to be, you know, taking, look, overseeing, you know, the strategy and everything. Uh, yeah, so it feels very different, but I, I feel very grateful and very excited every day. But do you feel do you feel somehow different to be working on a mission that could benefit the world as a whole instead of just copying from one spreadsheet to another spreadsheet in Excel all day? Do you feel somehow different based on the mission itself versus just entrepreneurship? Yeah, yeah. As I said, you know, there are so many business ideas I can start, right? And then previously, I just thought that, okay, um, you know, yeah, some of the solutions or some of of those business ideas are just helping rich people get richer. I may get rich in in the process, but, you know, definitely some are, they they are not solving any social problem. Uh, So I think I find it's definitely... um, very, uh, very, very, I don't know, very grateful again. You just, I, I don't have other words to be having this opportunity to actually combine, you know, this mission together with a, a, a the, the opportunity to innovate uh, as well as, you know, take it as a job, right? Because we're backed by investor on this journey, on this mission and combining, you know, uh, my professional time um, that I spend into something that I I enjoy doing as actually meaningful um, yeah to 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 the world yeah indeed do you feel that this pursuit has made you more optimistic or less optimistic about the future about humanity um very good question I think there are two uh, they're actually yes and no Optimistic means uh, optimistic side is that indeed now um, we're working on a solution and we are we are there. The 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 other side is that the more I read about this the the things going on because um, very you know it's inevitable that I uh, come across a lot of these conversation and and you, we need to pay attention. I read a lot about the the trend direction you know the climate change and you know uh, climate challenges and things like that. Um, day in and day out, and I think that that obviously uh, is feeding a lot of the, you know, the the the, the concern uh, to me. So we are solving only one of the planetary kind of challenge: uh, overfishing, biodiversity, food security, food safety, and things like that. But there are so many worries that's going on, and I think that that part is uh, making me kind of more concerned to a certain extent about the status. Uh, but of course, hopeful on the other side, because besides us, there are also a lot of other companies, startup and technology pioneer uh, working on solution to 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 solve those problems. Well, do you know what your first mistake was? Your first mistake was reading. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. lesson of the viewer is just don't read. <laughs> don't yeah. read books. Yeah. If you want to be happy, just don't very, read. Don't yeah, learn. 
That's a good point. Yeah, like the, you, if we don't, we, if we don't know. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, if we don't know them, then we will we will not see them. But then you know, but then every year you know, hurricane, you know, uh, storm, you know, temperature fluctuation. Unrelated. I mean, those are the things that yeah. Random. <laughs> those are the just random stuff. Those are, and those are the stuff you you just see the trend. It just get worse every year, and then yeah, it's you a kind coincidence. Of, yeah, yeah. It's just a coincidence. Yeah, indeed. So, um, in yeah, everyone that's living and experiencing that, you know, we we kind of feel that as we as we yeah, year after year, year after year. Yeah, I I get it. Well, I think it is super cool. I mean, it makes me more optimistic. I've gotten to talk to a lot of people such as yourself who have taken matters into their own hands, and that makes me feel better because it's good to know that people like you are out there trying to solve this stuff. It's important. I think it's important. And when you mentioned statistics like a trillion fish fished per year, I don't think people can truly comprehend the scale of what that means. How many fish is a trillion fish? Yeah, so I, I think there are also another saying goes that, you know, fish is the only kind of like a animal that we kind of catch or raise uh, for food. Uh, that kind of like in a large volume, they are not counted by the individuals, but they are actually just by weight. Uh, because, you know, chicken or beef, we will know kind of estimate how many numbers of these animals uh, we consume, you know, in the farm or whatever, but then fish is that is the is the seafood in particular is the kind of like no one really bother how many numbers of individuals um, is con- is 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 evolved in in that process, but it's actually just weight, you know, tons and kilograms of of the fish in the in the in the industry trading scale, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a huge 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 issue. Um, what has been some of the things that you've learned about this that you didn't know before you started? Has there been anything that you've learned that surprised you or challenged some views that you had from five years ago even? Yeah, that's uh, actually very a, a lot. I, I Then now I ask myself why I didn't know about the, um, you know, I just learned about the so amazing and, and, and a, a, the, the, the the magical thing actually we take for granted that happen inside our bodies is biology and so a lot of the thing we we just think that okay we eat food and then we will grow um, well if we exercise that we grow muscles right if we don't exercise we grow fat yeah. <laughs> and, but then you know things just happen as we sleep as we eat as we walk you know and then we just do not know how is they happening so um, when I start looking at, as a CEO, of course, even though I'm not a scientist, right, I, I need to understand the, the science in order to be creative in terms of the product we can do and explaining the technology to collaborators and, you know, investors and things like that. The more I read about it, the more I find, okay, everything is just so magically happened. You know, the sales, why, what actually tell them to actually do the, you know, the, the doubling, we call the vision, doubling, yeah. they split your division. And then, you know, 
very magically, you know, this can, if we found the solution, like human beings found a way, actually more than 50 years, 60 years ago, that, you know, we find that the cells can actually grow outside of animal bodies. That was the, the beginning of this kind of like technology. And then we can actually do it just to, for the audience information, uh, this technology, the, the underlying technology does not require genetic modification. The cells can actually adapt uh, given the right, you know, environment, the temperature, pH, the food to feed to them, they can do the thing, uh, survive and, and also thrive outside of animal bodies. That is the basic science of uh, of this application here and no GM required. And when I look at the cell, we actually have a, a video online that, you know, you can see the cells beating from one, which is a time I, lapse I saw that. over yeah. 48 hours. How and then, cool you know, is that? that yeah, exactly. I found, okay, this is amazing. And when I ask a lot of questions, uh, you know, okay, why is one kind of like a nutrient we feed to the cell work and why the other not work and what, what we need to do? And then, you know, my co-founder explained to me, oh, there's uh, actually uh, the cells that are a lot of pathway. I said, what is pathway? And said that, okay, it's how, you know, different things are absorbed through the cell membrane and then go inside the cell and do a lot of stuff, you know, the DNA you know, that give the program to the cells to create, secrete kind of protein, the protein kind of, you know, secrete, you know, collagen and the other stuff that we only know as a layman, you know, food is food, you know, protein is protein. Is actually, what is protein? Protein is actually a very technical, it can be a very technical terms. You know, um, you know, um, hemoglobin is a, is a, is a, is a, protein, you know, uh, you know, antibodies is a protein enzyme within our body is also a protein. So I learned a lot of them uh, in, in this process that, you know, open up, wow, it is, you know, this, this, this kind of, you know, God, or, you know, depending on the religion, that this right. kind of thing is created. And we just scratch the surface and we just scratch the surface and, and, you know, develop something. Uh, using what we know so far. So it's uh, yeah. a, a very infinite kind of, um, you know, big space of, you know, um, you know, knowledge uh, behind all of this. Well, what would you say to somebody like me? I'm scared of the future. I'm scared of all new developments. I fear technology. So how can I not believe that whatever this new Frankenstein fish is won't give me instant mega cancer how can I be sure that it's not going to kill me in some horrific way that quote unquote natural fish won't? Yeah, that's uh, another very good question that, you know, we, we come across. Also, you have two points, right? One is about the the health uh, questions, right? The other is the, you know, the, the freshness and things like that. So for the health um you know, the the food that actually or the kind of environment like the radioactivity, you know, the heavy metals, whatever, the chemicals, synthetic chemicals like benzene and those stuff that actually will will actually be carcinogenic. Um, it's actually, you know, not really uh, happen in a way. So, you know, I, I think that people see that, OK, you know, cell when they double, they have a certain behavior that kind of exhibit similar thing but then in the process we actually collect uh, you know the cell that do similar kind of thing does not mean that they are the same kind of cell so uh, we do measure what is being secreted by the cells you know there is um, you know those common kind of like a uh, you know uh, of course we detect there's no uh, toxicity, you know, no uh, carcinogenic kind of things in, in the product I think that is um, you know it, it, we, we take care of that you know 
the regulator uh, and the, the very stringent and very thorough kind of data we need to turn over to the regulator before the foot is in the in the public hands is actually will already take care of that. So no worries about that. Um, the other is that you uh, the other point is about you know the freshness, right? So I think freshness is a very is 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 a vocab that we need to define. So um, in in the in the in the, in the conventional kind of uh, situation, uh, because of the logistic, right? When we when we when we catch a fish, uh, when we slaughter the fish in the in the factory, that could be you know miles away from the restaurant or from my home. So that's why you know the the question of the freshness come into the picture. But now actually this the you know the you know the the cells. Uh, or the process can actually happen not far, far away from, from me out in the ocean. They can actually happen inside uh, a factory, actually down the line, down the street even. And then I think that, you know, the freshness of the food is just like the freshness of how we produce the, the yogurt is when I stop my production cycle to the time I consume it. Now, the, this technology has a bit of benefit because, you know, conventional way, you, you have no choice but actually catch a fish. They need to be cut up, you know, frozen and be on the boat, on the on the lorry before that they put in the refrigerator and then you go to the supermarket to buy them. So you 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 think about the freshness or you want to catch them and keep them in the tank before you eat it, eat them, you know, you, you slaughter them. But I think in this case, there's a lot of opportunity for us to actually to be much closer to the time when we complete the production cycle to the time we consume it, purely because we can... In the old old kind of agriculture method, it is actually a very centralized process. Um, think about you know we you need a very big piece of land, grassland, or you know you know river and fish farm in order to do the production and the farming or the catching. And now we can actually do it in a such a decentralized way because one of these uh, you know factory can be set up in the middle of a city where it cater for the demand locally. So I think there's a, a lot of opportunity to actually make it, you know, much closer, lower carbon footprint in the cold chain, in the supply chain uh, with this new uh, solution. <clears throat> well, do you ever feel like ever since Fukushima happened that fish started tasting a little better? I think the radiation adds, <laughs> it adds a certain tang <laughs> tanginess to it. It's, a, it's like a little zing. I take a bite of fish, it's just, mm, it's a little zip to it. Do you think radiation makes fish taste better? Yeah, possibly. And like in this case, we don't have that, right? Because uh, uh, I, I think that well, the the you know we we don't have the 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 ways because we use purified water, right? So the the water that we use is actually multi layer kind of like filter, and of course we do, do need you put to benzene be mindful. in. No, do you put yeah, pharmaceuticals, benzene. Just so many missed opportunities, care. That's what I'm trying to say. You've yeah, got to indeed. just just put them all back in, and then people will feel better about so it. So that will be comparable, <laughs> yeah, at least exactly. in the value proposition and the value that we offer. That's right. Then everybody will be much more comfortable with it. Um, so, all right. So, five years. If everything goes well, obviously things are going well, in my opinion, and it's an exciting time because you're going to bring these things to market. If I'm not mistaken, next year, 2023. Um, what do you imagine? What is your best hope for the next five years if everything goes right? Yeah, if everything's go right, I think people will be the the ideal case is 
actually consumers becoming kind of oblivious to what it is. So as I as I described, you know, today we are oblivious to, well, maybe we read the label, we kind of, okay, well, okay, so wild caught fish may be more expensive or for some species, more expensive than farm, but then in some species, we actually, well, farm is farming organically farm fish, maybe I paid more. And then the only differentiating will be that, and people will be basically oblivious to, you know, they will just sit in a restaurant, they will actually just order different kind of dishes. Um, and then with, with, you know, some of them will be self-cultivated and some of them maybe still, you know, may still be caught, may still be farmed. And then, you know, they, they just, you know, go about with the meal and then they design the, you know, the, the, the recipe and the, the food according, uh, you know, accordingly. And without, you know, being now, I think it's, it's just the, 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 the novelty and the, you know, the, the excitement that we people talk about. But I think very soon people will become, okay, it's part of us. Like mobile phone, again, back to that analogy is that, okay, it was uh, something, uh, wow, there's a new gadget and new device. Now we actually need to, we live with it. We cannot live without it, right? So I think hopefully that will be, you know, some similar situation happening in the food space. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it's just one of those things. There was this clip that was circulating a while ago from the UK where they gave a sausage expert. Uh, they told him which one of these is the real sausage and which one is a vegan imitation sausage. And that's not even describing a cell culture. but And of course, the sausage expert picked <laughs> this one. He's oh, yeah, that's the meaty taste I like. And then it turned out, of course, they were both vegan. And then he felt very ashamed and had to defend himself. We're going to see that more and more. People are going to say, wow, I can tell nice. the difference. I know, right? It was a great moment. <laughs> but all of these, ex what, what's going to happen is a Michelin star chef, the three Michelin star chefs, they're going to use this at some point, And then somebody is going to not tell the difference. They're going to say, oh, wow, that fish is excellent. And they're not going to know why. And then somebody's going to say, did you know? Actually, it's fish not caught from the ocean, <laughs> and then right. it'll be a shock. But I think that's it's, it seems to me to be inevitable that that's going to happen because all of yeah. these things that people think that they can tell, they can't. They can't. Yeah, indeed. I, I think then you 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 like the the like the the you know everyone like including consumers, including chef is actually you know one of the you know um, people that we. This solution may benefit. Uh, for example, I think in, in the case of fish and some of the seafood, right? Um, standardizing the portion, right? The, the bigger the animal. So think about it, the, the challenge like with, with beef, you know, the, the animal is so big, so it's so easy to pull. To portion, you know, uh, you know, to cut up, you know, different portion as we send it to supermarket, send it to restaurant, and things like that. Actually, fish and seafood, one of the challenge in the in the food services or in the in the retail kind of product kind of processes that you know you cannot manage you cannot kind of standardize the shape of those animals because they are small and even if you grow them you try to harvest at the same time they will be kind of still vary between the shape and size of that um, so I think this technology again some very interesting and you know uh, by uh, not not intended not intended at the beginning, but actually benefit is that we can customize the portion very much uh, for operation for food services that make their life a lot more easier. So I think um, hopefully we have um, more alliance from chef. We have been working with amazing chef. They are very uh, actually pioneering 
innovative. They're very open-minded to new ingredients and to actually create new and tasty dishes with, uh, you know, this kind of new, new, new product and new method of producing fish. And so hopefully we can see and work with more of them. Well, I think it's fantastic. I think everything you're up to is fantastic. I love your personal journey. I love your mission. Even though I'm not too happy about getting rid of all the toxins, I'll accept it, I guess, if you tell me that it's healthy. Uh, but no, I think it's so cool what you've been up to. I support it wholeheartedly. I really thank you very much for sitting down, sharing your mission with me. I can't wait to see what happens. I look forward to tasting this for myself one day. I'm very excited to try it when you actually bring it out. I think it's just going to be such a game changer and an entirely new category. And how exciting is that? So we've reached the end of our hour. I know it is very late. We've got a time difference. For those who don't know, it is approaching 1 a.m. now where you are. So I think it's time we wrap up this episode. Is there a final piece of either wisdom that you want to say or is there something that you want to promote? I'll let you end this episode now. Yeah, um, I would say to uh, um, I would I would say that, you know, uh, the technology uh, we are working on a. So in the in 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 the uh, we have been actually thinking about how to do in, in the past you know we have not thought about if we need to do good uh, it must be you know philanthropy and do something that you know cutting uh, you know cutting you know the 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 profit or whatever I think now the world has entered into a space whereby there are a lot of technology enabled kind of solution that is you know, have multiple uh, bottom line, you know, benefit to the planet, to the consumers, you know, people, as well as still, you know, making a very decent business and, you know, return on investment from that. I think that is something um, we we are one of the, we are one of the, we are one of the people in, in that space. And I think it is a uh, wealth kind of like uh, supporting. And for, for those who actually, uh, Think about, you know, food safety and, you know, um, how to support, you know, sustainability with your own action in choice of food. I mean, you know, get on board and, you know, uh, learn a bit more. And as their product, you know, in, in the States and, you know, wherever you are, you know, go give it a try because it's going to be helping with the planet and, you know, also good for, for, for our health as well. Well, I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly the space that I'm interested in. And for those who want to check out your website, it's avantmeats, A-V-A-N-T-M-E-A-T-S dot com. Check it out. It's really cool. You have a great looking website. It paints a very clear picture of what you're doing. So again, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And with that, the official podcast is over. 